Welcome to Shekinah International Podcast. Our ministry reflects the five-fold ministry model Apostle Paul mentions in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. Our podcast features leaders from multiple churches who are passionate about equipping Christians just like you to walk in purity and power, fulfilling your God-given purpose. God wants to do great exploits through you, so enjoy today's podcast. To come up, you can be up above that. When he, you know, when you read that in the Word, that's what it says. It says you can do that. So I just pray over you, you know, that that you come up above and be up where God wants you to be. That you're walking in that, walking in that anointing, walking with the Holy Spirit as He's flowing, as He's working through you. You know, when we were sitting there talking about, you know, people speaking, and I was in this church in uh, Uganda, and I said, well, I was sharing with him, I said, I'll share this with you. I said, I wasn't so much having you, that you would come up, I'm saying, is God touching your heart? Is he touching your heart right now? You know, that he wants you to come up and say a word. You know, and I could hear the enemy saying, well, you don't get up and do that. But Lord says, I want you to be obedient to me because the words you say aren't yours anyways, they're his. And we need to remember that. That's what he said to Moses. That's what he said with his disciples. That's what he says to us. Like me being up here and sharing this and moving it and flowing in this, it's not, it's him flowing through us. You know, I used to think, wow, what am I going to say? He says, it's not you anyways, it's me. You know, as we study the word, you know, the word of God, you know, rightly dividing the words of truth, you know, we study the word of God. That's why it says to study the word. So when somebody is ministering to you or talking to you or sharing with you, if it doesn't line up with the word of God, then you're not in harmony with them. You know, I mean, if they're flowing in the word of God, that's what it says. That's why it says to do that. Because it says it's sharper than any two-edged sword separating soul and spirit marrow from the bone. You ever try to set, you know, the marrow and the bone? It's close. Soul and spirit? You know, when you talk about your soul and spirit are pretty knit together. And he said you need to learn how to separate that. Because your soulish man will lead you away from God, but your spiritual man will lead you to God. You know, when you flow in that, so that's what he's saying. You know, you must be born again. You know, come into my riches. Come into my kingdom. And I was, I just, I think I just, I would, what I was sitting there and I was thinking, and I can remember when I was going out in a grouper boat, and the Lord says, I want you to share with this man that I knew for probably a year. I never shared with him very much about Christ. But he said, I want you to share with him that your love for me. So I started sharing with him how close God was with me, you know, and how God had close with me all the time. I mean, there's times when I'd be laying in bed, and I could feel him touching me, waking me up, wanting to minister to me and love on me, you know. So I get up and read the word. and I, But I talked to that young man like that there, and, you know, and he gave his heart to Christ, and he went to church most of his life. But he said, I never knew that you could get that close to God. When I met my mother-in-law quite a few years back, you know, she was going through a hard time like that. She met the Lord. She was walking across this parking lot. I'm kind of talking testimony, what I'm going to do. And I think I'm going to share, you know, have maybe I'm going to point out some some of you guys, you know, like to have a testimony and share what God had done in your life like that there, you know, what he's done in your life. Because it says by their testimony, 
you know, the salvation, it brings testimony. You know, the Satan doesn't want us to have a testimony. You're going through a hard time, like with my back and my ribs. You know, I had 10 busted ribs and my back's all banged up, you know, and I think, well, how are you doing, Lana? Oh, I'm doing pretty great, you know, yeah. You think, what are you doing, man? That hurts. I say, well, don't you tell the guy here, I know, you know. <laughs> but I'm praising God, you know, worshiping the Lord, you know, and I think, well, I guess, you know, God spoke to me actually kind of today because I was thinking, well, am I going to go to Africa or not? But he spoke to me today, and he just said, no, you're going. So I thought, okay, I'm going. I just, that's, I have in my mind, that's what I'm doing. That's why he's fighting me so much. That's why, you know, you, you think about Moses. You know, he was in the desert. He was 80 years old. You know, usually you get, to, you get older and you think, ah, okay, I can kind of retire and kind of relax. And, you know, I can just take it easy, and I'm going to just sit back in my chair and just, you know, and God says, what? He said, no. He said, I've, I've brought you to the time that you are right now that I'm going to use you. Because you're not relying on yourself. You're relying on me more. Because that's what he did to, to Moses. He was strong. He was a leader. He had went armies. He had armies. He went in and conquered, you know, nations and stuff like that. And he would come in. You know, and he's thinking in his own mind. Remember when he killed the guy that was fighting the, one of the uh, uh, Israelites? And, he was, and they said, well, what are you doing? Well, you're going to kill us like the other guy. You only got out of there because he figured, you know, he killed one of the Egyptians. They'd put him to death, you know. But he left. But he was thinking at that time, you know, he was probably, well, he was in his 40s. When I was in my 40s, I was pretty strong. You know, and I was, I could, you know, all the learning and teaching and stuff like that to go into battle or whatever, to, you know, this. Okay, I'm, I'm ready to deliver. And God says, No. He said, I'm going to send you, you're going to take care of sheep for 40 years. Really? You know, because sometimes we get pride in ourselves and we're lifting ourselves up and saying, wow, God, I can do this for you. And he said, well, no, you're going to do what I want you to. I'm not asking your opinion. I want you to do what I want you to do. You know, I don't, we, I don't need to get into my mind. You know, it says in the Lord, trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he directs your paths. Thinking, okay, i got to rethink this over. As when you're a young Christian, you're almost like saying, well, come on, God, we'll go get them. Actually, I had two dogs I was taking for a walk one day. Actually, at night when I was talking and ministering to the Lord. <clears throat> And they run, I goes by this one yard, and these two little dogs run up in the yard, and a big dog chases them back, and they come back to me, and they're around me. You know, and the Lord says, you're like that. You go into a field where I never had you go, and the enemy runs, them, runs you back to me. He said, I didn't go there. I didn't tell you to go there, but when I tell you to go there, you'll be victorious over this. That's where, it, no, no matter what you do, this is where I'm going. Like, Lord, he's taught you and trained you a lot. You know, and where you are and your ministration and stuff like that. You know, he's taught you to be where you're at. He's teaching you so when, when your full time comes, then you'll be, you'll be well learned on how to do that and how to listen to the Holy Spirit. You know, and each one of our lives is like that. You, you've played guitar and strong and, and, and had music and stuff like that. And you're, you're singing. A lot of that was that secular, your music. You, you've done that, but he's prepared you. Now, now you're really going to sing. You know, you're serving the living God. You know, when you're worshiping him, you'll touch more people than you ever did with, with, when you had secular music. I mean, in a deeper way than you can imagine. 
I mean, they'll just start weeping. They'll fall on their faces, you know, and accept Jesus Christ as their Lord. When you're when you're worshiping, you know, when you, I could see doing a difference when you're up here now, like today. Wow, that was anointed. Thank you, thank you, Lord, for sending Brent, Lord, and ministering and sharing. Sister, you know, when you're ministering and sharing, you know, you have an anointing. You know that when you're ministering and sharing, that God is moving and 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 flowing through you. You know, a lot of people, God wants to God wants to work through you, but you don't give him the opportunity because you're not in the place where you need to be. And there's so many places when he was saying, you know, they're, they're wanting to hear somebody speaking to them. You know, he says, that who, how will they know unless somebody tells them? How will they know when you're, unless you're speaking to them? You know, how will you know when you're doing that? You know, I pretty well felt, you know, when my old wife passed away, I pretty well felt, that my life was kind of over with because she was she was my helpmate. You know, we talked and just you know we just won. You know, when she passed, you know, I'm thinking I'm ready. You know, I just want to go home and be with God. You know, I can be with, back with her. You know, and I really felt the Holy Spirit said, "No, you ain't done. You ain't done yet." When I went to Africa, my whole life changed. I could feel it change. You know, I don't want to die now. I mean, I, that's okay. I mean, I'll be with God and everything. I don't, I mean, I don't fear death or anything, but I'm thinking God has so much for me to do. And I'm speaking that to each one of us, that God has so much to do for us to do, to touch people, to talk to people, to share with them, to stir up the Holy Spirit. That's what I'm, that's what we're here for. We, we, because it's like Kool-Aid. If you let it set in the refrigerator long enough, you know, it all settles down to the bottom. You know, we need to get stirred up so it gets, because you taste it up here and all it tastes like water. You know, you stir it up. Now, now you're starting to taste like the Holy Spirit. You're starting to have flavor. You're starting to have, you know, being salt because it says when the salt loses its flavor, it's no good for anything. You know, the Lord wants to stir up that salt, you know, that refreshing, that thing to restore us, you know, with other people. When they see that, all you have to do is walk it out and God will touch them. A lot of times you think, well, I need to say this or minister this or pray that. I said, if, when you just, the closer you get with God, the more people will be drawn to him because he's drawn them through you. They see you when I see different people. You know, I see God in your life moving and flowing and growing, and you're just, wow, you're, you're different. It says when you're born again, you're new creatures in Christ. You know, the old is gone and the new has come. You know, the Holy Spirit is living in us. You know, and I say, let's pray, let's pray in the Spirit. Let's pray in God, pray in the Holy Spirit so he stirs us up. So we come to the place where God wants us to be. We should have so much of the, of the Lord in us. When we walk into the room, the demons should be running and screaming and hiding and, and scared of us because we, we have the anointing. We have the power of God flowing through us. That's where he wants us to be. You know, we don't need to settle just to be a pew setter or just sitting back and not doing that, not, not, not letting God go do what he wants to do. We're the temple. You know, my temple is to take him where he wants to go. I mean, I know he's all over, but he used use each one of us to flow through us. And he speaks through us as we're going. And that's why it says to prepare yourself, sharpen yourself, you know, read the word of God, get into the word of God, let him, let him speak through you. So when you're speaking the word of God, you're speaking a, 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 a terms, the word, the, uh, huh? Tongues? No. 
when, he's, when, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you and you're speaking, you actually, you're prophetically speaking, you know, the word of God, so it's powerful. You know, you give, it gives you confirmation to what you're saying. What was you saying? A rhema word. You know, so, and now before, when you read the word, you're just, you're saying it, but it wasn't really being backed by the Holy Spirit because it wasn't the time. But as you, when you flow in the Holy Spirit, when you start flowing in that, you're speaking that in time. I mean, he's saying, now is the time. Now is the time. Speak that word. So now is the time. When you talk about your kids, you talk about different ones, different things that you're, you're um, praying about and stuff like that. You know, when the Lord speaks to you and says, now is the time. When you speak it now, my word is activated. And it goes to where I send it. He said, remember it says in Scripture, he said, when you speak my word, it goes out and it will not come back void. It will accomplish what I have spoken through you. So it's going to accomplish what I want, what I want it to do. So when you're ministering, it's a whole lot different game. Because before, you're just speaking kind of in your own understanding and stuff like that. But when you start flowing in the Holy Spirit, he flows through you. So you're speaking at that time. It's going to change lives. So if you're fighting and you've got you know, kids or whatever, you're flowing in. Some, you know, I, I've told parents, you know, I'm talking to parents. They said, man, I have such a hard time with my kids. I said, give them over to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, dwell in them and flow in them. So when they do something, they get convicted in their heart. They get convicted because if that conviction ain't there, they're not, you know, they're not really thinking. But it, when you do that, it gives, it, Lord, look over. You gave them to me, but they're your gift that you gave me. You know, and, and there's certain things I can't. Show them like you want to show them. I mean, you need to uh, personally speak to them and work with them. As you're working a new job and doing different things, you know, you speak different things into place. You know, when now when you're doing that, okay, I prepared. Okay, Lord, you prepared me for this. Now speak to me as I'm speaking or sharing with people. You know, that the Holy Spirit is going to touch their hearts and draw them and put them in the place where they need to be. And that with the authority and power that does that. Think, hmm, okay. I mean, we talk about the Holy Spirit all the time. You know, but he's saying, I, I want you to stir him up. Keep him stirred up. It's not, don't settle, don't settle for, just don't settle. Because sometimes you think, well, that's okay. I'm not going to pray anymore about that. That's, unless he says you're done, then you just, you know, you go on. You're praying about something. I remember one time there was a, he, he was a pastor and he, uh, he did some stuff. And I, some other people was talking to me, and they said, well, if I see him, I'm going to greet him and everything like this. And actually, I seen him a couple of years afterward. He used to bow hunt with me, and he was a good friend of mine. I thought, well, I'll invite him and shake his hand and everything. But when he walked over to my car, the Holy Spirit says, I don't want you to have anything to do with him. And I thought, wow. Because we ourselves... You know, the things we was talking about, we was thinking, wow, we, we wanted a friend, be a friend to them. And, work. you know, and I didn't say I hated the guy. I was just, I didn't know what God was doing, but he was still working in his life because he did something that he shouldn't have did, and it was really not a very good thing what he did. But uh, just walking in the Holy Spirit, period. That's like when we talk about different matters. When I'm talking to somebody, I said, what is God telling you? I can remember I was talk, talk to people before, and they said, well, I'm going to do this and do this, and you know, they got it all figured out in their head what they're going to do. I said, what did God say? You know, and they just stop. 
You know, and they look at you like, what do you mean what God said? Did you ask him? I said, you're going to head off into your life. You want to, you want to you know, shape your life and everything. I said, God's already got your plans. What you're going to do. I mean, what he wants you to do and what he wants you to flow. I said, you ever ask him? I said, we need to ask him. What are you doing, you know? Because it said when you was in your mother's womb, he said, he formed in you and he has a plan for it. He's got a book. That's what I was sharing with Steph, Stephanie this, this morning about, I, it, it was talking about the letter. You know, this here, you know, the Bible, this is a letter. Where things happen and going and sharing what, you know, God did, he wrote it down. And we look at examples that people have done. And what the Lord was showing me is, what does your book say? Because everything we do is going to be accountable. I said, what does your book say when you read your, you know, your legacy, what you did? Because it's wrote down. God said he wrote it down. I mean, how do you want that to read about you? I mean, that you was diligent and you loved God and everything flowed good. I mean, and you, 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 you look at most all these people, usually they went through a lot. You, know, you don't step into a, you know, anointing, you know, that they're really doing stuff and it just, oh, it's just all blessed day all the time, you know, and they're just having a great time. Not so. Not usually. Usually you're, you know, going at it pretty hard. You know, there's times people said, well, how did you make it? And I said, I didn't. God pulled me through. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't even be here. You know, I gave up on myself. I said, I, I, I just shared with God. And you talk about talking face to face when you talk about Moses. He said, you know, God, uh, when Miriam came and was, remember they had the discussion and she got leprosy in her hand and stuff like that because she was coming against Moses. And he said, God said, I chose him. I chose him to do what he's doing. I didn't choose you. You was part of it. You know, you put him in the you put him in the basket and put him on the river and all this stuff there, but that was only your part, but you're not you wasn't the chosen one to do what Moses is doing. I speak to him face to face. You know, I don't speak to him in dreams or visions or something like that. You know, he says, I'm gonna to talk to you. So when you're laying in bed or whatever, you know, I mean, he, I don't, he probably talks, comes right in your bedroom. I mean, he has me. I don't know. Some people he does, some people he don't. But that's what he wants. He wants that close relationship that you're talking to him, you know, sharing stuff with him. You know, he said, this is what's going to happen. This is what's going, you know, certain things we get into. You know, he kind of asks, if I'm getting into this, what should I do? And usually he always answers me one way or another. He'll tell me why, because I was going to get a job at a, it was a game reserve. It was like 10,000 acres or whatever houses in there, and I could, been a perfect job because I trapped and stuff like that. They was going to get me a house, get me a four-wheel drive, you know, and I'd do all that, take all kind of, they was going to give me a salary of a certain amount of money, and then if I'd done any work in there, that I, I would get paid extra for that. And the guy said, okay, you got the job. He gave me the job. He said, do you want it? I said, I can't. I got to talk to God right now. I said, I got to pray about this. And I goes home, and the Lord said, no. But he told me why. He said, if you went there, they would own you. And I don't want them to own you. He said, I want you to go where I want you to go and do what I want you to do. And that's my whole life. That's what it's been. I said, I turned it down. I said, I can't do that. I mean, I about cried when I did it, but I thought, no, I, I got to listen to God. I got to do what God wants me to do. 
You know, and I've been all around the world, you know, going on mission trips and doing different things and helping people and sharing. Because if I would have did that, I wouldn't have went on these trips. I wouldn't be where I was at, you know, where God took me. I asked my daughter one time, I, I went to Florida. And I come back and I said, well, the, she said, why did you go down there? I said, the Lord wanted me to go down there. She said, do you do everything the Lord tells you to do? I said, I try to. Because he's telling me something, you know, there's certain people that you're going to meet. There always is. There's always somebody you're going to meet. We went to South Carolina, a hurricane come up through Florida. I was working for a job, and I quit my job and went with the team that was doing the work and the, with the the because there's tornadoes that come through there. And my wife and I, we was praying. This one lady, she had, was in a wheelchair all the time. She couldn't walk. And we had a ramp coming up, and we was building this ramp for her. We come in there, and I said, uh, you know, she's sitting in a wheelchair. I said, she, I said, well, let me know. She said, we, I had my knees operated. She said, for two years now, it's just pain every day. She said, you just, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it don't. You know, when she was in pain, and my wife and I had been praying or fasting. And I said, do you mind if we pray for you? You know, she said, no, go ahead. So we prayed for her, and she didn't say anything or did anything, you know. And I, so we, my wife and I went to wherever we were staying, and I was asking the Lord, I said, did anything happen? And nothing was said, but we went come back the next day. I said, did anything happen? She said, when you prayed, the pain left. And she had pain for two years. The pain left. It was there no more. She was up walking. She was driving her car two days later. And I'm looking up, she's driving her car, and she says, you don't understand. She said, I ain't been able to drive a car for two years. She said, I couldn't. You know, she's got... She's one of them ladies that had four or five kids in the car sticking their heads out. You know, she's taking them to Sunday school, you know. <laughs> Praise God. But I told my wife, I said, if that was the only reason I went down there to set her free and that, wow. The opportunity that we have, you know, that we could do that to lead people to Christ. That's, remember when Jesus would be doing something like, sometimes he'd be going somewhere, a guy would ask, you know, his daughter was sick or something or died. He said, could you come there? And he's going there. But then he bumps into somebody as he's going there, and he's ministering to them before he even gets where he was going. Listen to what God is saying. I can remember one time my brother-in-law, we was, went fishing. He had his boat and his wife, and I had my boat, and, my, and we were going. He had a flat tire. You know, I mean, we're out. In the, it's wilderness. There's, a lot, there's no houses or anything in there. And the guy stopped. He stopped. Jacked up the tire and took the tire off. Went about 45 minutes. He come back, put the tire on. I said, you, you want any money or nothing? He said, no, and he left. I thought, wow, that was kind of like an angel, you know, doing that and flowing in that. And I said, it's amazing what God will do in your life, you know, to give you the opportunity. Remember one time I was down to Florida, and I woke up, and the Lord said, put a gallon of water in your car in a jug and a hose and a clamp. You know, I'm, okay, I'm just being obedient. So I'm going down to my dad's place. He's 80 miles away. And I see this car pulled over, you know, and the steam's coming out of it. And I already knew what was going on. So I just pulls up there, got my water out, my clamps out, and fixed her car. She said, wow, you do this? I said, well, today I do, you know. God is so good. Yeah, I was sharing with him about that, you know, just... Just he's taken me in just a lot of places. Anybody got anything they want to share, testimony or something?
think anybody else got anything you want to say? We ain't in a hurry. We're not in a hurry. Just We're just waiting on the Lord. Sometimes you get pressed in the Holy Spirit. People think we got to hurry. We're in our dad's house. Our father's house, you know. And we're not in a hurry. We're just here waiting on him. I can remember a lot of times we was in a Amen. Yeah. We went up across the streets to, I can't remember, there was a guy, Houghton Hancock, hadn't been there before. And he said, I went up there, you know, and he went to the church here in the Potter's house. You know, we go, I come up there with him, and he said, it won't be like Potter's house. And I thought, well, okay, go ahead, you know. And, but when I come in there, I was the same as what I always am. And I lit that place up. God did you know, he lived that place up, and he looked at me. He said, wow. He said, wherever you go, God's there. I said, that's the way it should be. Because otherwise, you know, the, the demons are always there at the door trying to keep things, you know, that people ain't walking in that blessing, that people ain't walking in that fullness. You know, for the first time, you know, that they 
like I was saying about in Africa, you know, and as we go and minister, there's going to be, and there's people here, they don't know how God is, you know, his love and his compassion for them. You know, and through him, you know, if he wouldn't have did what he did, they get, you know, and good Jesus always says, you know, and this is what really catches me up in the scriptures. He said, he prayed, and he said, I want you to be in my father's house or in many mansions. And if it were not so, it would, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. So he's, 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 he's building houses for us to stay in when we go to heaven. You know, and I'm, I'm thinking, you know, and he said, I, <clears throat> unless I would have laid my life down for you, you wouldn't make it. It would be impossible. You can't because our righteousness is like filthy rags. But through him, you know, and, and again, you know, I say, well, Lord, you know, you look at this little rascal, you know, I'm like, oh, Lord, I feel so, I, you know, you're so holy and so good and stuff like that. But he, he just keeps saying, I love you, you know, because of your flesh and stuff like that, you know, because when we're, we're transferred into our new body, you know, it's not going to be a body like this. You know, it's not tempted with the things we're tempted with or even going to be tried with the things we're tried with here. You know, all that stuff's going to be past. We, don't, we won't fight this no more. You know, he said there'll be 12 trees that we could eat fruit if we want to. Every month it has new fruit come on it. You know, and it, I mean, you live in heaven, you can eat stuff. You don't have to because that's not what gives you life. He gives you life. Just like when the Holy Spirit comes into us, he said, that's just a, a, a down payment on what it's really like. And he gives us, I, I think he, well, in my own thought, I said, he, I think he gives us a little bit of the Holy Spirit because I don't think we could contain him. <laughs> We'd explode. You know, I, I know when I first got filled with the Holy Spirit, I would say, Lord, just take it easy. I'm going to blow up if you fill me anymore. I don't, you know. You know, it just fills and fills, and, you know, just, it's just, wow. But he says, I give you that so you'll kind of see what it's going to be like when we go to heaven. He said, that's a guarantee. I stamp you as, because then I stamp you, and he says, as you're mine. I like to know that I'm him, his. You know, when he owns me, he said, I bought you with a price. You're mine. He said, I've given everything for you. You know, sometimes we, we might mess up and do do something, you know, that we, we that our new nature, we don't live there, but sometimes we just mess up, you know. God says, you know, just forgive me, just for, ask me forgiveness, go on, you know, because he said, I don't hold that. He says, is, is your sin more stronger than my blood? No. He said, is your sin stronger than my name? When Jesus prayed, he said, I pray for my disciples that my name would protect them and guide, you know, to watch over them and protect them. You know, the enemy can't deceive them or, you know, come into their life and, you know, and choose. You know, you choose. You choose when you're going in life sometimes. There's a fork in, in life sometimes. You know, and you choose which way you're going to go. You know, hopefully, you know, you choose, you know, it says the narrow path. You know, when Jesus said, I am the way, he's the only way. There's only, he's only going to be through him, you know, and there's, when you look at, and I see different pictures, you know, have you, you see that a lot of people going in the wrong road, you know, and just a few going in the right road. You know, so I, I don't know about that. I just make a choice. This is where I want to be. I don't, if it wasn't for him, for myself, I, like I said, I, he said, I, 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 I've given too much for you. I won't give up on you that easy. I won't let the enemy come in there and lie to you and do everything. And then you, 
tricks you into do something stupid, and then, you know, and then Satan laughs at you because you've done that, you know. God said, no. He said, did you learn? That's the whole thing. Did you learn what you did and what was happening? You know, do you, you know, to learn, you know, are you going to walk in me? Do you trust me? Do you reach out to me? Are you in that perfect love? Because love cast out all fear. Perfect love, there is no fear. I trust you, God. Like I listened to Joyce Meyer sometimes. She said, God, if you don't help me, I can't make it. Because it's, you know, you're looking at yourself. And I, and I really, in myself, I, I don't, we, we can't make it in ourselves. We have to trust him. You know, trust me. That's what he's saying. Trust me. Then walk this out, you know, and we're walking this out like in Africa, in a different place. We're walking this out. Wow, and the things we see the Lord doing, you know, he's talking to me about that staff. Stephanie was saying about taking that staff, you know, putting names on that. But he was talking about Moses. He said, now, put the, put the staff in your right hand because he had miracles. But Moses would use that staff. You know, the miracles was performed through that. You know, I'm, I got no idea. I'm just trying to listen to God, what he's doing, you know. You, do I go into church with one shoe on, or how do, how do I do that? <laughs> There's kind of a joke behind that a little bit, I guess, but it was, you know. <laughs> we, need to, we need, and this is another thing I want to share with us about is joy, that we laugh, that we have the joy of the Lord. We need that because it says the enemy tries to steal our joy. The world can't give us that joy, and the world can't take it away. God gives us that joy. When we're going through times, it's just hard, and we just start laughing. I mean, just just laughing, and it's so good for our soul. We need that. You know, and it's, you know, we just, you know, we laugh a lot. <laughs> I, you know, she, I just, we was at the restaurant one day, and Brent was sitting there, and I just got a goofy thought in my head. I looked over and I patted him on the shoulder. I said, oh, buddy, oh, buddy, oh, buddy. <laughs> but it's enjoying life, you know, instead of trying to tear one another down and do that. You know, no, we're just, you know, we're smiling. I mean, that's hard, but let's just laugh and just kind of, because it's going to be there. You're either going to cry or smile, one of the two, or laugh. You know, it's going to be there. You can't, it's, you know, there's certain things that you just got to walk through it. A lot of times we pray, Father, take this from me. And God says, no, I don't want to take it from you. I want you to walk through it. I want you to be victorious through this. Because if you just, if I take it away from you, you're not going to learn what I want you to do. Perseverance brings patience and kindness and stuff, and it brings you to the things of God. That's why he does that. It said he pleases the Father. When you think about that, when Christ came to the, when he went to the cross and died for us, it says in the word that it pleased the Father. You're thinking, how in the world could that please the Father? Even Jesus looked at it and says, I count it as a joy. Things that he suffered, you know, I get, you know, with my back and get hurt and stuff like that, and I'm thinking, wow, he's thinking, yay, God, this is good. I'm suffering for them. I mean, I I can't because I'm not righteous as like he is, but, you know, he was, because he was perfect, you know, and he had no sin. You know, and he died in our place, so, but he said, man, he said, I count it as a blessing. That he would die for us? Now, I'm telling you, that, that Lord and that Savior, Jesus loves us so much. It's beyond what we can imagine. 
you know, says, I want to, because when he did that, he says, I want you to be with me. I want you to be with me in my kingdom. You know, I want to share all this stuff that the Father has given me, that we'd enjoy this. This is not just a day's uh, vacation or whatever for a week or two. This is eternity. You know, the things that we'll be with him and doing things with him and flowing in him. And he wants us, he made us to be in that. You know, he didn't create hell. He did not create hell for man. He created hell for Satan and the angels that followed him, period. He does not want man to perish. He done everything. If man goes to hell, it's his man's own fault because he's not trusting God or believing God what God did. He's saying, I'm not receiving your salvation. You know, and Satan lying to him. You know, he's got, well, Satan's going to be burned up too in that. You know, they, they think Satan is going to rule heaven. No, he's going to be screaming like everybody else. He ain't going to rule nothing. You know, that's not his kingdom. He just, he's destroyed. He, you know, I, I sometimes, <clears throat> I've even talked to him about that. I said, Satan, you had everything. And you got prideful and stuff like that. And you fell from a very high position. And you're, you're coming to me and trying to tell me how to live. You're foolish. Get out of my life. Because I know what God has for me, and it's far above what, you could even, what we can even imagine. You know, so I thought, Lord, come into my life. Share with me. Touch me. Guide me. Help me to minister to people. So I'm sharing with people what you show me in your word. Remember Jesus said that? He said, what I give to them, the Father has given it to me. Now I'm sharing it with you, that it will give you something to eat, something to chew on, you know, that will make you stronger so you're eating the word. Instead of just, you know, uh, Nur uh, nursing all the time, he wants us to grow up. Like I was talking to Brad, Brent, you know, I come in here laughing. I said, you know, when I see Christians that's been a Christian's long time and they got a diaper on, every now and then you got to take it off, clean up their mess, you know, because they haven't learned yet to follow the Holy Spirit, you know, because their life is going to be a mess until they come into maturity. That's just how it is. You know, Satan will play with you, and I we. We ain't here to play with Satan. We're here to attack him. We're here to tear down the strongholds. We're here, you know, we just talking even about Stephanie. I said, she don't, she's not at the front line, man. She's piercing into him. She's in the middle of the thing, just killing in the middle of the, middle of the battle. I said, it's pretty hard to follow, follow a woman like that so on fire with God, you know, because, okay, pick it up the sword. Here we go. <laughs> but you're tearing down the strongholds. You know, we need to get upset with what Satan is doing. Get angry at him. He said, it's good to be angry, but don't sin. You know, we're not angry at God. We're actually not angry at people. We're angry at Satan, the deception that he has put into people's hearts and minds because he's trying to steal salvation from them. You know, we pray and get strong in that, you know. We think, okay, we're going hit to the, hit the battle lines, you know, and he just, I don't know, we probably lift us up and he just sets them down in the middle of it. You're hearing swords banging and clashing. You know, you look. You got a field glass. Look in there, and there's stuff. Just those demons and things are screaming and running. <laughs> and that's all of us. You know, we get into that. That's what we do. We get shoulder to shoulder. You know, walking. You know, and we're so intense. Like Gideon. You know, he's looking at them guys that brought the water up to their faces because they were looking at the enemy. They would not keep their eye get the eye off the enemy. And as we're fighting, as as we, maybe with some of our comrades, if they're falling, they, we grab them and get them back up. We even cover them with our shield if we have to. You know, because we're at a war, and we're, and we're going to win the war. There was never a general or a colonel that ever sent his men into the army or into the war 
that he thought he was going to lose. And we won already. You know, when Jesus went, when he cruci- you know, he killed Christ, he said, wow, I killed him. He thought he had, man, he thought, he, you know, he killed the Christ. You know, and he'd come to find out that was God's plan. What? You know, he worked right into God's plan because he had to die. Now when he comes to us, he said, no, you can't accuse her. You can't accuse us. You, you, can't, you, you try to accuse Jesus. And his, his, his pureness, his holiness has saved us. And he, you can't keep that God dead. After three days, he rose again. And when the disciples, deceived, when they seen that, it blew them away. Because they thought, wow. I mean, can you imagine with a guy with three or three and a half years, and you've seen him, you was with him, you've seen him feed 5,000, seen him raise people from the dead, you've seen all this stuff happen. Then you actually see him raised up. And, and it said they ripped the beard off his face. They pulled his beard off his I mean, he pulled it right out off his face, you know, and then they put the crown of thorns. And they beat him on beyond recognition. And it said there was thousands of angels just waiting for him to say, come and deliver me. And he said, no. I get, you know, I'd literally like the Lord to touch my back quicker than what's happening, but I thought, okay, Lord, I'm just trusting you and just walking this out and seeing what you're doing. But, I mean, he, he could have called angels and he could have got delivered. I mean, you, you see that, the, what is that, the movie of the compassion? And he did, I can't hardly watch that. I'm just crying all the time, just thinking, the Lord, that you just, I, 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 I can't even really talk about it. That he done that for us. But that he wants us, and he done that so we can have eternal life through him. We want to thank you, Lord, for that. Is there anybody else want to share anything? Praise you, God. How long do you, are we about done? He takes us into places where we do not know where to go. And he shows us the way that we need to go. He gives us the wisdom to follow his voice. He gives us answers and he gives us choices. Listen to you, Lord, as you lead us and guide us. Direct us, Father, every day by your spirit. He said, I give you the spirit so you pray the things that you don't know how to pray. He said, they intercede for you that you would come into the place with the words that is directed by the Holy Spirit, that he would give us the warfare and the power and the anointing to crush, to release, to anoint, to strengthen, to heal, you know, through the Holy Spirit, that we need to use the Holy Spirit more in prayer, lift him up, lift us up as we edify ourselves. Actually, the Lord does that because we need that. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. I was thinking a little while back, I was thinking that we was down to Florida and everybody left the church. The whole church was just full. Everybody, just me and this other guy was there, and everybody left. Man, I'll tell you what, and the, and the glory of God come down. Man, I laid on the floor. I couldn't move. 
You know, I said, they missed it. They missed it. They got in a hurry. You know, and sometimes, God ain't in a hurry. You know, sometimes we, we leave too quick or we just need to, you know, give him a little more time, give him a little more, you know, because he's not, you don't push God. You don't pressure God. He doesn't, he doesn't work that way. That's when you want to kind of just wait upon the Lord, see what he's doing, see where he's flowing, see where he's moving. When I'm speaking, sometimes you think, wow, did anything happen? If I'm speaking the word of God, something's happening. Your, your spirit, your life will change, even as you're sitting here today. Your life is going to change. And we, we need to expect that when we're, any of us, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Because when I first, when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, my whole life changed. It was different. Because he said, when you speak to different people, he said the Holy Spirit goes with them and convicts them or draws them to him. You know, he's going to be speaking to them and sharing with them you know, to draw them closer to him. That's what it's all for. So they come into the relationship in the, you know, in the presence of God. Thinking, wow. I can remember so many times I was up in the youth, and I'd get talking to the youth, and they'd just melt out of their chairs. All the kids would be on the floor. And the parents had to come down and pick them up. They'd be out an hour and a half. They'd take them home, you know, and they're still speaking in tongues, you know, praising God and stuff like that. You know, and I thought, wow, people said, wow, God really moved. I said, well, I've seen him move before. And, I, and he moves in different ways, you know, I understand that. But you just get... Sometimes when I see somebody get, when they get slain, actually I was thinking about uh, Brent the other day, or the other, last, I don't know if it was last Sunday or whatever, you know, when somebody went down, it's good to let them go down all the way. I mean, they, they got him up, set him back up. But to me, and it's just a, just a thought, just lay him down and just start praying over him. You know, it's the Lord, the Holy Spirit, just, whenever I've done that, I've seen the Holy Spirit just minister. You know, let the Holy Spirit minister. Just slow down. Stop. You know, just let God minister through you. And we need to learn, you know, more. Just show us, God. Because we want to get deeper in him, deeper in the Holy Spirit. So he's moving in our lives. That he, he controls our thoughts. You know, people think, what? God can control. That says in the word that we can have the mind of Christ. Because I can remember talking to God, and I said, boy, Lord, I would, if you was here, you could tell me. He said, I am. He said that he give, that we can have the mind of Christ, and that comes through the Holy Spirit. Think, wow, okay. You know, activate that Holy Spirit. Activate that, that we have the mind of Christ. Because it said when Christ went down, when he healed and stuff like that, he said he healed everybody. You know, he knew where they was at, and he knew where they was flowing. That's where he wanted. You know, when you talk about fast, he was fasting all the time. He'd fast one or two days or something like that, you know, or whatever. You know, he had different fasts. You know, the, the, the one fast when he did about 40 days, uh, and he confronted Satan and that. And Satan tried everything he could, and he, was, he couldn't, couldn't do anymore, so he just left. You know, after 40 days, he just left. He said, I'll come back more convenient time. You know, like when he was getting hung on the cross or whatever or different things, and that's what Satan says to us. Because he'll come at you and he'll start trying to bombard you with stuff. You know, and if you're really strong, your faith is strong and stuff like that, then usually he gets away. He, he, he's not going to get through there because you're pretty strong in the Lord. You, know, you get vulnerable. You know, you get your back hurt, your ribs busted, and you're laying on bed. You're thinking, God, where are you at? And I asked God that one time because I was going through something. I said, Lord, 
where are you at? And the Lord took me to the scriptures, and he says, I'm praying 24 hours a day for you. I'm praying for you 24 hours a day. He said, I don't sleep. I don't slumber. He said, I'm praying for you, lifting you up. So there's not a moment that he doesn't have us covered. Unless we stop that and walk underneath, get away from that covering. We need to stay underneath that covering because that, that protects us from the enemy. But he says, I'm, I'm with you 24. I never, then I never asked him that again because I mean, he told me the truth. And I thought, okay, Lord, I'm fine with that. Thank you. Because sometimes you feel that you're all alone. You know, you do. Um, I mean, I have. You know, and I can only share with what I am. I can't share what anybody else did. But there's, there was times when you feel like you get alone. I mean, you're just, Lord, where are you? And he says, I'm right here. Remember the sand, footprints in the sand? You know, see, I've only seen one set of footprints. You know, you just thinking that was you. No, he picked you up and he carried you through. You know, he carried you through. And there's been times in my life when the enemy would really get pressing me. You know, different things, just really pressing me. And I'd climb up into the arms of the Lord. And I would just hold him. And I could hear them voices trying to, trying to talk to me. and trying to, I said, stop, stop, stop. I don't want to hear it. Lord, I just want to get close. Jesus, you, you talk to him or whatever. I'm just, I'm just hanging on to you. Because I know that you're my salvation. You're my rock. You're my strength. When times get hard, Lord, I just let, let me embrace you. You know, and this is when I share with other people when they're going through stuff. You know, I said, I share that because if God showed that to me, he shows that to everybody. Everybody can have that. Because a lot of times people think, well, God don't care. I said, tell him that when he was up hanging on the cross. Tell him that when his last blood was dripping out of him. You know, there's the only, a person can only have so much blood, and there was a lot of blood pouring out of him. They literally ripped the skin right off him. He was just a piece of flesh. Then he went to the cross. When you think of Jesus going to the cross, he said when he went to the cross, he had, I think it was a colored guy or somebody that helped him carry the cross because he couldn't carry it. The burden was too much. I mean, think about that. And sometimes I felt the Lord, like Africa, he said, you know, going there, you know, the Lord says, can you help me carry the cross? I mean, he took all the beating and everything. He said, could you pick up your cross and follow me and do what I want you to do? Are you willing to walk this out? You look at the 12 disciples as they're going and doing that. You know, at first, until they received the Holy Spirit, they didn't have that umption that, th that we need. You know, after they got that, man, they didn't care. They're going to do whatever God tells them. You know, and I'm expecting when we go to Africa, people are going to be touched. People are going to get healed. There's just miraculous. I believe that. I believe that with all my heart because I, I don't believe that I'm going through what I'm going through right now, that I'm going to... We're going to come back and say, well, yeah, it was whatever. No, it's going to come back with miracles. Things is going to happen because the enemy has had them people under depression for a long time. And God's, God's saying, I want to set them free. Remember, Israel was under, under Egypt for, for 400 years. <clears throat> you know, and that's what I'm feeling about Africa. God says, I want to, I'm going to set these people free. I want to set them free. And he says, what's great about that? He said, you're going to be in the bleachers watching what God's doing. And, I, you know, you say, when you're singing that holy, 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 thinking holy, 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 God, holy, holy, God. 
that you would use us to go and talk to them and share with them and speak your words, God, that we would give ourselves to you, that you would flow through us, that they would sense your presence, sense your goodness, sense your healing, sense your power, sense your anointing, Lord, that you love them. And if he fed Israel for 40 years, he surely can start, start a work there that he already has planned. It's already wrote out. All we ask you to do is listen to the plan and see what God's doing. Can you imagine in the churches how much they'll grow when it, if they have food and stuff there in the churches? The churches, you're going to have to build bigger buildings because they're just, they're going to flock to them because they're getting fed. You know, the God's, they're going to get nourishment. They're going to get, you know, you do that. Here, you know, you send out things and you got, you know, food banks and stuff like that. And it's, people here in America are pretty arrogant. You know, they got things, I mean, they can have just about, you know, the people you're talking about, homeless people and that, you know, they, a lot of times you work yourself into that place. You know, people say, well, that's not where I want to be. I thought, well, I don't know, sometimes, and I, and I don't try to judge anybody on that. You know, I just say, God, what, what's our part? What do we do? You know, that they'd walk and be where they could be, you know. Some of them just said, well, I like being this way. I got a house payment. I ain't got a car payment. I just, you know, live and climb underneath some box. And I don't got to pay anything. I just try to find food now and clothing or something keep me warm. You know, and the way the government, the way everything is, they got it taxed out so much and stuff like that. You got to work all the time to keep anything halfway decent. I'm thinking, Lord, you got a plan now. There's a plan. God's got, and, and I'm, I'm excited when Jesus is going to come back because he's going to set up his kingdom. You know, I was thinking today, you know, I was talking about, think we was talking about the queen and that. And I said, if I was ever a king, uh, man, maybe. But I was thinking about being a king. What would I do if I was a king? You know, what would I do if I was a king? You know, for the people that you got power and authority and you got status and stuff like that, that you start setting places into, into order. You know, the witchcraft and stuff like that is coming around. You know, no, you, you're going to, you can't do this to the people. We throw you in prison. You're not, that, that's not going to be, you can't do that because you're, you're manipulating people. You're drawing people back into the, into the slavery and the darkness of Satan. You can't do that. You know, different things, you know, you just can't do that. If I was king. You know, I was thinking about that today. I thought, hmm, I've said that before. You know, to clean up the nation if you have that much power or that authority. You know, for the people, you set it up. So you set up farms and stuff like that. And you, and you have companies. You have companies so it feeds the people, not to make somebody rich. I mean, you could even make money. I mean, you make money off it so you can build more houses so they can live in something. Or you make more land so they can have something. Or you buy cattle or, or goats or ducks or uh, chickens or, you know, your land, your race and that stuff. You know, so that's not a problem anymore. And then you have teachers that you come in and teach the teach skills and trades and things like that to people so they know how, well, how to do that, how to, you know, to uh, just, uh, build their life. You, that, you know, you build the people, you know, the kids. I kind of think them people, kids in the orphanage, you know, that, that you, they're underneath that. that we, so, so we start teaching them all that stuff. We do the gardening. We do the husbandry with the animals. You know, we're teaching them how to do that. So when they get older, they're just automatically, they'll know that. They'll go somewhere and they'll say, well, this is what we do. You know, and they'll just do it automatically. 
They said, well, we don't, we don't, you know, we don't, we don't starve for food anymore. We don't starve for meat or anything. We have this here. We got our own little market, you know, we're selling that stuff and we're, we're getting in, you know, uh, revenue, money back in so we can buy shoes and clothes and pants and shoot, you know, whatever we need. Okay, give them something. That's what the Holy Spirit said. Give me something to work with. And I thought, well, here we are. We're going to go do this. You know, so let's, you do grants. You know, I don't know how that's, you know, maybe the Lord will work that around. Or you'll get, you know, have grants coming. I don't know. I got no idea. I just, I know what I'm, I'm, I'm getting the chickens and stuff like that. We bought 250 chickens we put over there, and they got their eggs now and stuff like that, and they're feeding a lot of the kids eggs and meat and stuff, you know. So we're just trying to uh, uh, advance that, like in vegetables and different things so they can grow stuff, you know, and so they can have, uh, we was thinking about vacuum packing stuff or canning stuff, whatever, you know, to see what would be really efficient doing that. So we can set that all up and have that so we have places in there for the, for the kids and that, and even in the churches that we have so the people, we have a pantry for them, in the, you know, through the church. But then we have markets out on the marketplace where we can sell that stuff so we make revenue. So they don't have to say, well, we need this or we need that. No, they're, they're saying, hey, do you want some money? We want to put into what you're doing, you know, you know to feed other places where they come in, you know, and other people come in and they look what we're doing. And so they, co- they kind of copy what we're doing. That's what we're doing in Africa, you know, flowing in that, you know, I think. I don't know. I was just telling them how to raise chickens. Now we're in a full scale. <laughs> but you never know what God's going to do. You think you just walk it out. My wife and I did that. We did that 20 years ago. We had it planned. We'd go there and lead people to Christ. You know, and I said, we leave. You know, and they're still starving to death. I said, God is bigger than this. So that's what this birthed about, you know, the chickens and, you know, raising the vegetables and all that stuff to get that. That's where all that started. I said, well, wow, it's been 20 years. Now the Lord had, had me go back. I'd never, if I was a betting man, which I'm not, I would have never bet any money that I'd ever go back to Africa. Because I figured it was over. You know, I'm just kind of tending sheep on the backside of the mountain. And the Lord's saying, hey, I got another job for you to do. <laughs> I'm going to send you to Africa. I'm, actually, I'm going to send you down to Lansing so you see these people that's going to be working here, you know, because I've worked in different people. But this is where God wants me. It's here. wants me to work here to see what we're going to do, what we're flowing, you know, and, and what God's plans are. I'm, thinking, I'm excited. I'm excited about that. You know, I don't, I thought, wow, okay, God. I'm 77. You know, I think, actually, I'm about 25 in my, in my mind. You know, I'm thinking, well, I don't, I just, like uh, Paul said, life is like a puff of smoke. It goes so fast. I thought, wow, where did it all go? You know, I'm thinking, what in the world? But you're not done until, you know, God has to go home. Because when I come back from Africa, I said, well, I got some more work to do. And the enemy's trying everything he can to stop me. But he don't count. We're just trusting God. I mean, if. Some way I'll be bouncing around like a little red squirrel in here, running up and down things. <laughs> you know, trusting God, thinking, okay. Father, we thank you. We praise you, Father. Hope this has kind of been okay. I don't know. I just kind of sharing, you know, with God, you know, life, actually. You know, your testimony and stuff like that. I mean, I could go, because it said, talked about his deeds that he's done. And the deeds that he's done in my life is, 
endless of what he's doing, what he's continually doing. You know, it's just, he's just so fresh and so doing stuff all the time. Give us strength, Father, that we walk this out. Give us vision, Lord, that you walk this out by your Holy Spirit. Father, we praise you and ask you for your guidance. We ask for your anointing, Lord, that you would just flow through us, God. Touch each heart, Father, and I pray the name of Jesus over everyone that's here. Lord, for that protection, Father, from the wicked one, for the oppressor. Lord, we come against the oppressor, God, because he's the one that brings the sore and the sickness, stuff like that, God. We come against the oppressor in Jesus' name, that he would not oppress your children. Lord, we come against that in Jesus' name for your strength, your power, your anointing. Lord, that you just flow, Father, and we love you and praise you. Father, we give you praise. Give you praise, Father God. Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for listening today. Take a moment and ask Holy Spirit what he wants you to do with what you've learned. And remember, with God, all things are possible. So keep dreaming. Keep praying and simply obey because God is good and he has good plans for you. You can subscribe to our blogs, learn about our speakers, and even hear from one of our team members how you can take part in transforming a city, your city with Christ. There's no time like the present. Visit ShekinahOnline.com. If this doesn't excite you, watch for our new and God-inspired product line, a newly released book by Stephanie Butler, more testimonies from our listeners like you, working to bring unity in cities across the world. If you feel led to support our podcast, you may do so on our Shekinah.com website. Or if you would like to support us monthly, there is a link labeled Listener Support on every podcast. Until next time, we thank you, we love you, have a blessed day.